Faith, love, truth, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life, arming you with the truth and the mindset to lead courageously in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead What is going on, everybody? Bill here. Welcome to another episode of GLE. On today's show, I got a real, real special guest. But first, wanted to let you all know, we got some new GLE gear out. If you want to check that out, go to goleadeverything.com slash gear, and you can find that. And if you haven't yet, I'd also ask you to go subscribe to the Phil Swanson YouTube channel so you can see these on YouTube and help Go Lead Everything get out to some more people. You know... We've got a couple different show formats. We've got Real Truths, which is really just a solo episode where I share some some mindset with you. And we've got Real Conversations, which are also known as interviews. And today we've got a really cool guest that I was fortunate, you know, one of the byproducts of putting yourself out there into the social media world and the podcast world is you end up meeting a lot of cool people that you wouldn't otherwise meet in your everyday walk of life. And today's guest is a really good example of that. We had a mutual friend uh, that we're connected with on social, connect us. And uh, I'm really excited for an interesting conversation today with the founder of Advent Jets, worldwide private jet charter and Lux style services. He's the principal at SJB Development and SJB Capital. He is an aviation expert that specializes in synergizing the private jet industry and luxury lifestyle VIP brands. In addition to aircraft and worldwide private jet charter sales, he also creates VIP experiences for high net worth clients and businesses around the world. Um, We had another guest on who does some yacht sales, like super mega yacht sales. And again, it was another random happenstance connection. So now we're like switching gears. I know you do VIP experiences of all kinds, but I'm so excited today to talk to somebody uh, who's done what you've done, has a business that you have and and knows about VIP experiences, private jets. Scott Buss, welcome to GLE. Thank you, Phil. It's an honor. Happy New Year to your listeners and your viewers. Hey, happy New Year to you. Thank so you. it's not every day for the common person to, to meet somebody, one that flies private, you know, usually they're like the executives of the company and it's like the company jet or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's definitely not every day that you meet somebody who owns a private jet company. So let's start out with your story first off and, and how the heck did you go to starting and, and, uh, creating advent jets? Great, great. So, um, the story starts, um, my, a little bit older. So I'm self-taught entrepreneur, like a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Um, my background was mortgage and real estate for 20 plus years, working with high net worth individuals. Um, in, in that time, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different, raised in the Midwest. I moved out to currently in Arizona. And I've been in aviation probably since 2016. Um, always loved sports, music, and travel, kind of like anybody else who, who has a passion for those kind of things. And so kind of what happened 
is I'll kind of share a little life story, if you don't mind, of, of adversity. Yeah. Um, so what this is um, first business ever. Um, I've been in the mortgage and real estate. You're kind of self-employed to begin with. Um, but basically, I always give three principles of my life of adversity. Everyone deals with things differently. One, in 91, depending on how old somebody is, my best friend committed suicide. Back in 91, suicide wasn't as common as it is today. So mm. unfortunately, it, it was something new to me that hit me at a 20, 21-year-old guy. Um, second, I grew up as you always hear about the deadbeat dads, nothing against there's great dads out there. My dad abandoned my mom and I when I was little. Wow. Um, he would always call, pack, say, I'm coming to get you for the weekend. I'd be packed, ready to go. Never call, never show up all through my life. Um, so I kind of turned that lesson later on in life after I had, you know, trust issues and communication. I turned that into hey, if I'm going to be in a service position or company or be around a friend or my mom or family, you got to communicate. You got to just be respectful and trust. And so that's, I had a conversation with him probably 20 years ago. I said, I love you. I forgive. I didn't forget. And it is what it is. He he passed away a couple of years ago. It is what it is. And then the most important lesson that I've learned is my hard, hard lesson. I've always been a spiritual person, kind of brought up more of a Catholic family, but more, more non-dominational. And um, I got, I thought I was invincible, as every young man does sometimes. Mm -hmm. And being from Wisconsin, we like to drink and have a good time. Well, you mix that with driving mm -hmm. and you, you make a couple mistakes. Unfortunately, here in Arizona, luckily, I didn't do anything to harm anybody, but I had a couple drunk drivings. And um out here, they take that very serious, and I think I took things lightly. Yes, we had Uber and things like that, but not as common as when I was going through it. Right. So I, I hired an attorney, and unfortunately, I had to sit four months in prison. Mm -hmm. I got out July 7th, 2018. And when I got out in 2018, now I, ha I have a felony. So what I all did in the past to start to go into another business or who's going to hire you started weighing on. So every day I wrote down names, numbers, email addresses right here. I went into the library in the prison, read the Enter Entrepreneur Magazine, Wall Street wow. Journal, wrote down names, numbers. And when I came out, um, what I realized is all my life, God was building a relationships for this business. <laughs> I did not know that until I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And so I started my very first business in 2018 called Advent Jets. And basically we are a white gloves. We start with private aviation, but we basically, we will do anything a client needs, executive protection. You need a yacht, you need a villa, you need formula one tickets. You want a tea time at Augusta. We can, you know, obviously some of this stuff is a little more expensive. You think of what it, we can do it as far as Super Bowl, Formula One, the US Open. And so I kind of created a white glove concierge. Still to this date, I haven't really spent anything on marketing. It's all been referrals, word of mouth. And it goes to testament that all my life, God was putting me in the right, right place with right people. And so that's a little bit of my story. I'm welcome. Um, I'm willing to dive in more of different subjects and pa past and things, but that's mm -hmm. what made me um, 
be where I am today. Um, hitting bottom, but dealing with a different adversity in life as we all do. Did I'm I'm fascinated by that story, especially coming from, you know, you got you got the absent father and you you know, you grow up dealing with that and and mm-hmm. it seems like you've got a tremendous mindset, Scott. And I'm just wondering, where did you, where did that come from? Did that come from mom? Did that come from faith? Did that, where did that come from? Um, I, I, I say a lot of it, my mom, but a lot of it's faith. Um, I was always, you know, a Catholic person, but I was, as I got older, we all grow different and look at faith and spirituality differently. But, um, I give, I'm an only child and i give a lot of it to my mom being her being her being strong and a lot of it to faith i pray every day i wear a platinum i have a platinum rosary um when i always thought praying and this is a little side note when i, I always thought praying you had to say because when i was catholic and going to the church i was overwhelmed by the bible i'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. but most people when they pray they think that they have to say all these special things or certain things and it's like you know what God's your friend. God, you have, you know, you committed sins. Those are the past. Move on. And the only people that bring up the sins are the people that are, you know, jealous or insecure or need to bring up the past. You move on. And so I found a relationship that I have that praying is just like having a good friend. And I talk to differently than, and I, I found that when I hit rock bottom is a lot of people, when they hit bottom, they find faith. I, Mm -hmm. I hit it a little more harder, obviously, in my beliefs and what I do. But I went without faith in 2018, being locked up for four months straight with um, 450 other men. Um, y- you learn different things and see different things. So, so is prison as horrible as I can imagine it being? Were you at like a really bad prison or a white, more white collar? What was that like? So going through the process, um, it's very different um you go through your i'm in with murderers rapists killers you name it then after after like a couple weeks three four weeks then you're into a more of it's called the like a more private type prison but it's still you're locked down you're 85 guys per pod um certain times you can eat certain things that that people say in the common sense is true Mm -hmm. that what you see i've seen guy get hit with a master lock, I've, I've seen, I've seen good and bad. And when I got out, I was a little bit, I'm a social guy, but I don't like to be around a lot of people. Now I'm a little more reserved that way. Sure. Um, saw some things I didn't want to, but um, it's, I can see how people can get institutionalized. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Man. So I'm really astounded that your first business is a white glove concierge service. I was my mom when, when we were growing up and I used to be really annoyed by this, but today I'm thankful for it. We would, she would read Emily post etiquette books and stuff like that to us around the dinner table. And she kind of introduced us to the, some of the finer things in life, going out to nice dinners, things, you know, um, you know, that's not stuff. Probably I had a great mom. I still have a great mom and dad, but my dad probably wasn't, wouldn't have been the one to like introduce us to that. My mom kind of encouraged some of sure. that. And I guess I'm just curious, how does, you know, what, what in your background made you prepared to run and, and, uh, start a white glove concierge service as your first business and be able to create and curate these VIP experiences? It's a great question, Phil. It comes from at a young age, playing sports and being around friends that played professional sports or are professional musicians. 
one thing you will learn, me being, I'm a Packers fan, being from Wisconsin, so go, hopefully be, they beat Dallas this weekend. But there you go. anyway, I just love <laughs> sports. And growing up, I hung out with a couple of former Packer players and went, and Wisconsin's a small, small state. Everybody knows everybody, kind of like, you know, the team. And so I just built that. And one of my good friends back in the day played professional baseball for seven years. Mm-hmm. So I was always around that at a younger age at 19, 20, 22, 23. One thing that always stuck with me was trust and transparency. It's a brotherhood. It's people buy who they buy from. Even, even today's society, you can maybe get a little better deal from somewhere else, but it's going to mm-hmm. come down to who you trust. Right. And so I use that when I hung out with athletes, one of my good friends, him, he's the keyboard uh, keyboard player for Darius Rucker. Um, okay. He grew up in my in my state. So it's just, I was always around that. I didn't know, like I said, I was going to have a business later on in life that he was, God was preparing me. So that's right. kind of right. how I was always around athletes and I like the finer things in life, but I always couldn't afford the nicer things growing up from a, a single mom and you know, have, wanting the Jordans or the this yeah, or that. And right. So, but it just kind of trickled into people I surround myself with. That's awesome. So you picked a heck of a time to start a private jet charter. I mean, just leading up to COVID and then we got, you know, mask mandates on airplanes and people not wanting to have to get jabbed to go fly around. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm yep. curious how business took off during the COVID years. And was that, you know, kind of a divine timing thing in your mind? You know, and, and it's funny you said take off because I no pun intended. I always say that as, as well. Literally take off. <laughs> I didn't off, even think but, of that, but yeah, it's a good yeah. point. Um, it's when I came out it's July 7th of prison um, and started my business, it was September of that year of 2018. I had little traction. It was just starting with the private jets. And then the more people knew, hey, Scott, I was the guy that they trust and transparent, you know, trust. It's like, can you get me this? Can you do this? Can you do that? So I kind of took the philosophy in any life or any sales or any business, the more that you can kind of control the client, the more likely they're going to have a good experience. I'll use Apple. I'm not an Apple fan, but they do marketing because they have an ecosystem. Everything runs in the Apple. So they got you Mm -hmm. where kind of I did the hospitality. If you go to a nice restaurant or a hotel the more that they treat you with drinks or adors and you know the waiters or waitresses, they're gonna you're gonna have a good experience. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of what I created. Um, when COVID hit, I started getting newer clients that never thought they could afford to fly private mm-hmm. and do different services. So it hasn't slowed down. I think there was about 5.5 million chartered flights last year. So there's a big business in the aviation out there. <laughs> yeah. So how did you know about the the private jet world? What, what, so uh... prior for me getting into a little bit of trouble, um, I learned I wanted to get out of the mortgage and real estate business. I wanted to do something different because, like I said, I love sports. I love music and I love to travel. And moving to Scottsdale from Wisconsin, there was a little more opportunity and more private aircraft flying into Scottsdale than we do in Wisconsin. And so I reached out to a couple of people and I learned the broker business from a, a, a couple good and a couple bad people. Mm. And so I kind of just 
took that. And then when I went in, I kind of established, hey, they did this. I can do something. And that's mm-hmm. where it created. Um, I still, to this day, don't know everything. And you'll be wrong to say you're going to be an expert in your field because there's always going to be people that know more than you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's just accept the responsibility that other people know more than you. Right. Right. And if, yeah. and, and if you don't know, just say you don't know and find the right answer or get them the right answer because too many people mislead. And that's the problem. But yeah, right. I know I was going off there, so I apologize. <laughs> no, this is great. When when was your, do you remember your first time flying private? Yeah, my first time flying private was probably 1993. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm aging myself, but um, that's just because 93 through 97, my one of my good friends played for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates at the time. Uh-huh. Um, so we flew private a couple times. It mm-hmm. wasn't like we were doing it a lot. Sure. Um, still to this day, I fly private, but I to this day, I, I'll still fly first class or commercial um, business once mm-hmm. in a while. It's all about the ROI. Is it Does it make sense? I mean, like Scottsdale to Vegas or Phoenix to Vegas, do I want to spend a couple thousand dollars or do I want to spend $200? Everybody's different. Sure. But then do you want to go through TSA? You know, there's different goods and bads and I can get more into depth than that, but yeah. I mean, tell, tell me about, tell me more about like the private travel. Like what is it as good as people say it is flying private? Like it's that great. It is. I mean, think of, think of pulling up to the, we call it the FBO fixed based operator. Think of coming up to the terminal 15, 20 minutes before you want to fly, bring your dog. You don't have to worry about emotional support whatever food catered you wanted on, whoever you want to bring, right. you got your passports and you're off and yeah. your flight, you know, you got Wi-Fi in the flight and you go and you do whatever and you get off and then you got your car service picking you up or your friends or whatever. It's, you know, it's also luxury, but it's also business. And I'll give you an example. I have clients that will fly out of the Scottsdale Phoenix area mm-hmm. and they'll go, we'll do three stops. I'll, I'll, I'll use Texas or I'll use California. You can go to multiple cities in a day, sit mm-hmm. at the FBO, cater in food, do meetings, and go to an, and fly to a next for Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Lubbock, and fly back. Or mm-hmm. Phoenix, San Diego, LA, San Francisco, and come back. Maybe 15 to 20,000. It sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of money, but think of time, renting a car, commercial driving, hotel. And so a lot of businesses now are in the market of buying aircraft and chartering them out to offset the cost. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a luxury. A lot of businesses or business aircraft that own aircraft, they will charter them out when they don't use them to offset the cost. Mm -hmm. But like I said, going back to that, think of how long it would drive all, and you're in Texas, Think of what it would drive to three or four cities in Texas to do business and gas and this and that. It's not like you don't have the time, mm-hmm. but sometimes. So that's kind of a, just to give you an example of what can be done in a day. Yeah, I've heard it referred to as a time machine almost. It, yeah. You know, it's it's just giving you that that time freedom plus the experience, which sounds awesome. You you touched on something I, I was going to ask you actually, and I'm glad you brought it up. The the chartering it out to offset the cost. I've heard yep. some more well-known entrepreneurs on YouTube or whatever talking about, Hey, you know, you can buy your own jet for 
you know, 800,000, a million bucks, you know, get a loan, get a big tax, you know, break that offsets that initial down payment to, to get the financing and then charter it out and it'll pay for itself. And then you and your family can essentially fly private for, for free. Is that as realistic? I mean, he made it sound real easy and I know that you can do those things. You know, I know I've done it with boats and things like that, but, um, is, is that as realistic as he makes it sound? It's as realistic as you you made it sound. Um, I'll make it different. I'll even say some things. Like I said, you can spend. It depends on the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, you can spend probably eight hundred thousand to a couple million dollars. You don't need to spend three, four, ten, fifteen. Some people do. Mm-hmm. It's all going to come down to hours and maintenance and things like that. Sure. But what we do here is we have a we have a program that we will go over the Excel spreadsheet, give you ideas of options of what it costs per hour, how much is the crew, we can manage it, we can charter it for you, we can put it in a hangar in a certain, I have a client in San Antonio has got his own aircraft, we did all of that for him. Um, and then obviously the depreciations, depending on the government, I think it used to be an 80% write-off, I think it's 80% now. Um, you'd have to ask your CPA, but um, to offset the cost uh, depends on where you want to go. I mean, if you're just looking in the States or Southwest or East Coast, or you want to go, you know, you're talking bigger aircraft overseas because, of you know, fuel, no fuel stop. Um, but, but yeah, you can get into an entry level jet for one to $4 million. It sounds like a lot, but then, you know, we have creative ways of financing kind of like in the mortgage business where you mm-hmm. don't have to go to a bank. And you can, they roll up your sleeves and they can leverage your house and things like that. I have those resources as well. Um, and like you said, depending on how many hours you're going to want to use it, you can offset the cost quite a bit and then have the tax write-off, have the depreciation. And then when you and your family want to use it, even if it's twice a month, you have the luxury at the first because you're the owner to use it when you want. Yeah. Wow. So. That's incredible. We're going to have to talk more about that, Scott. There you go. I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy, happy to share all that information. Oh man. Um, so what, like, what's the secret to a VIP experience? I mean, like you sounds like you've hung around some high net worth individuals kind of for many, many decades, uh, or at least a few decades now, uh, coming from your childhood, being around these pro- professionals, uh, athletes specifically, you know, what, what exactly to you creates a VIP experience? That's a great question because everyone looks at VIP a little bit differently and there's different segments of VIP. So my, my experience with VIP is I like to do things that other people can't do. And so like, if, if you want to go to Usher when he had his performance and you want to sit on stage, mm-hmm. I can make that happen. Now, oh, is wow. there cost cost involved? Yes. Do you want to go and meet, go to a golf outing and meet certain people or, go to the masters. I mean, people can do that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I like to one up it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Like if you go to a concert, let's meet and greets. Let's, you know, you want to have a, you want boys to men to pr- play private at a private concert for you and your family. Those are the things that I can create. Um, wow. It's, it's all about, yes, it's money. Cause you have to have money to do these things, but with the right relationships and the right brands and things like that, mm-hmm. you can leverage partnerships. Right. And mm-hmm. so, I, 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 but I'm also the low key guy where I'm not the guy in public where people know who I am. Sometimes you mm-hmm. go to my social media, like my Instagram, there's no pictures of me. Um, right. I'm just, I'm, I'm a private person that way. But when it comes to VIP, 
I think we all know you go to a restaurant. Some people say, well, geez, that's that's an expensive restaurant. But if you go there, what do you want? You want to get treated well. You want respect. You want integrity. Mm -hmm. It's no different than what I try to give my clients. What do you want? If it's a bachelor party, bachelorette party, it's a wedding. You want to give them memorable experiences. And that's what yeah. we do. You know, I that term respect. I love how you said that because I remember being out to dinner with my brother when we were younger, celebrating something. And we went to a nice steakhouse in Addison near Dallas. Sure. And, uh, you know, they had a little cigar room. So we were going to go smoke a cigar. But like our our server at that restaurant, I mean, the food was pretty good. Sure. But um, just that experience, like that that dinner, we talk about it all the time because it was like the best dinner experience we've ever had. The waiter made us feel like a million bucks. We yep. were going to pay and he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of this take your wine, go smoke a cigar. I'll find you in there. You know, just, it, it was, it kind of reminds me of that respect word. It's like, you know, when you, when you feel respected, it's such a good feeling. And, you know, if you can do that for other people, I can see how they would keep coming back and saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're, that, that was an incredible experience. Cause they felt, they felt that feeling of respect. Correct. Respect goes a long way. Even I think it goes with faith. It goes with how your upbringing is. Um, I'll use this real story real quick. Um, when I was 20, 21, I got into the car business and everyone's always like, here we go with the car business, you know, but I'll tell you, <laughs> I learned a very valuable lesson. So the first one of the first, we call it the ups and the gentleman back in Wisconsin, old pickup, he kind of like an old farmer type guy got out of his truck. And my mentor at the time, he's 10 years older than me. Paul's like, go talk to that guy. I'm like, I'm not going to go talk to that guy. Well, he did that as a lesson. He went out and he ended up selling him a, a truck. That guy wrote a check. He wrote a truck, a check for a truck that day. <laughs> he goes, Scott, what I wanted to show you is that that's old man Colossal. Colossal owned some appliance stores back where I grew up. He goes, you can never know if they have a checkbook. And this is back in 93, 92. Right. You can never know what person, what they go through. And that's today's society. There's so many entrepreneurs worth millions. You can't right. that are just mix in with the regular people, but there's right. some showboaters. And so that life lesson taught me at 20, 21 years old, no matter what somebody has, you don't know if they have these days, if it's plastic or crypto, or if back then, if it's a checkbook, you know, and so I, st I still, to this day, I live by that respect le lesson that mm -hmm. you just don't know who you're sitting next to, who mm -hmm. you're, you know, and to this, I'll go to the dollar store and you might just go get a couple things and the waitress or the, not the waitress, but the cashier, she might be having a bad day, but if you, you know, leave her five cents, you know, you get that change. It's like, yeah, keep your, you know, hope you have a good day or have a blessed day. You just don't know what they're going through that day. If, you know, they're going through ver verbal abuse or beaten or lost right. their other job or this or that. So I try to live every day that I'm blessed and put people in perspective to put a smile on their face. So yeah. sorry, I went off there, but I was just giving you an, an example of how people re respect goes a long ways. I think. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I love the stories, Scott. Y'all, if, if you're not following Scott, pause right now, go to adventjets.com all the socials advent jets go follow them check out the company if you're looking for private charter or vip experience go check them out i'd really like to hear scott your coolest story do you have I, i'm sure there's probably some you can't share but sure. do you have a cool story that comes to mind when i ask you for your coolest 
VIP experience, private jet experience, any of that? What comes to mind? I have, I have a lot. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say one of my coolest experiences is I, I meet a lot of different people. And to, to me, people are people. It's, you know, it, some have more zeros at the end of their bank account or right, shorter right. or taller or different, you know, faith or color. Doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite was flying back to Wisconsin, surprising my friends, taking them on a little trip. But what I didn't know is Johnny Depp was back filming us filming his movie um and I'm drawing a blank um not Johnny dangerously I can't I can't think of it but he and that might be it but he was filming in Appleton Wisconsin and my friends like Scott Michael Mann is going to be at this little martini bar and I'm like I don't know who Michael Mann is and he's like well Johnny Depp's with him I knew who Johnny Depp was so I went in and the reason I say this is because I was already back home visiting friends but I went up to Johnny Depp and said can I, can I buy you, can I get you a drink? And the little guy, I'm six, six. He's like five, four, you know, he was like, oh, wow. how about a you know, gin and tonic? And so I, that's just a cool going back to experience fun things with my back childhood friends yeah. and then meeting Johnny. Cause otherwise some of my clients I never meet mm-hmm. and that's okay because you know, they're not always doing their private booking. It's their executive assistants or their family offices and things like that. But mm-hmm. I I have so many different experiences that I've lived a very blessed life, you know, from meeting so many great people, meeting people sure. that um, one of my best, I'll just say one of my greatest experiences I'll say is I'm a basketball fan is last July uh, or June, excuse me, I was at Pelican Bay. Um, Deontay Wilder had a golf outing with his wife, Telly, and they invited me and I ended up meeting Meta World Peace um i met matt barnes kenyon martin um vince carter and those are all people i grew up admiring and watching but it was the most humble those guys i went up to kenyon and i and i share this story i went up to kenyon and said i respect you if i want to can i say something to you i said i don't know you i respect you because your son's playing and how you raised him it's admirable i respect you being Mm -hmm. a dad and I get little like Matt Barnes, you know, these are all people and I don't get starstruck. I've met Danica Patrick. I met a lot of good people. Um, But like you said, it just comes down to trust and transparency. You know, people can read kind of through that, your intuitions. Mm -hmm. So that's just another story of a golf outing that I met and just met good people, you know? I love Um, that. You sound, I met, I met this, I think it's Eric Bellinger. He's a a rapper producer and I'm like, I don't know who he is, you know, and it's just, <laughs> but that's just, and I'm, I know, another funny story I'll, I'll say is I end up meeting Marcus Williams. Okay. I didn't know who this guy, so I started talking to him. He's a defensive back safety for the Baltimore Ravens. And so we exchanged messages and stuff like that. And I didn't even know he was, he was just sitting next to me. We were just talking about some paintings and stuff. So wow. like I said, I don't judge people because I come from nothing. And uh-huh. I still to this day, I still a very humble. God's blessed me to monetize relationships. That's what I do. I love that. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of all the exchanges that you and I have had over the weeks leading up to this podcast. Yep. And I can say I've felt respected by you in our communication and your, you know, your responses are timely and swift and respectful and thoughtful. And, you know, I can tell for a guy that knows a lot of famous people and, uh, you know, is around 
a, a lot of people with a lot of wealth and affluence and all this stuff, you know, I, I feel just as respected as any of them probably do talking to you. I appreciate and, you know, it, means it, a, it means a lot. I appreciate the kind words. And that's, that's kind of where the Midwest in me, I still treat people, treat people how you want to be treated. Everybody always says that, but some people live by it and growing up, you know, with a single mom, not having a lot, right. um, you, it humbles you, you know, mm -hmm. material things can be replaced. Things in the heart can't, right. you know, and you know, I, people are limited and God is limited and um, mm -hmm. people are limited. God is unlimited, excuse mm -hmm. me. And so I appreciate that because that's what I strive to build my business is to treat everybody the same. Yeah. What is that? I mean, is that one of the key networking secret secrets? You're clearly an amazing networker and, you know, fearless, I guess, is, is a word that comes to mind too. Just going up to anybody and introducing yourself and buying them a drink or, or what have sure. you. Most people would be like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're going to be annoyed if I go talk to them and I'm going to bother them. Like, like what, how do you think about that when it comes to networking? It's, that's a great question. Um, with that in mind, I do not always go up to people because I want to respect their privacy or they're having dinner and things like that. Um, so I've, I've reached out to different people via different ways of communication. LinkedIn's a very powerful tool, as we know, Instagram. But I give people the respect. But don't be afraid. I use this as kind of like the dating, you know, when guys go see these pretty women or whatever they say, they're they're their version of pretty. And they're like, I don't want to go talk to her. She'll just say no. And it's like, you're already putting fear in your head. If you go up to her and just say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you. Maybe can I buy you a drink? What's she going to do? She's going to, she might say no. Who's going to hear that you and her. Okay. And you don't think we've ever been rejected or uh, other things worse than we heard. And so I've always had that mentality in life that you go get what you want. You don't ask, you don't get. And if you don't know, Reach out to your circle, your inner circle, keep it close, but find out who can do an introduction for you um, and introduce people. But um, hopefully that kind of explained that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I like so you, you don't ask, you don't get, you know, it, it, um, it's something that I've thought a lot about because that, that verse in the Bible that says, ask and you shall receive, Correct. seek and you will find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And it yep. says you don't have because you don't ask. Correct. And before the show, you were reading me some of those quotes over there, Scott. I, you had one on prayer, didn't you? You have that handy? Um, I had, um, I am one with God. I am one with all I desire. Thank you. I say that three times and then good things happen. I don't know what it is with that prayer. Uh -huh. um, I have, I have the one, I have a, a little one that I, I read regarding more concern about your character. Is that, do you want me to say that one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. This is one of my favorites that I like. Um, it's be more concerned about your character than your reputation because character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that hits us today really hard just because a lot of people trying to social media one up or live with the Joneses, this or that. And it's just like, be you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's right on. That's right on. Yeah. You hear the, you know, the Gary V's of the world, all, you know, it's all about reputation and I agree, but it, it's, uh, it's about your identity too and who you really, who you really are. Yep. Right. And, uh, yep. and that character that goes along with it. I, yep. I love that. And it's, it comes that. down to also personality. I mean, not everybody's going to like me. I sure. get that. Just like there's 
there's very successful people out there that I don't want to name names that are very affluent. They come out across a little more aggressive and, but you get to know them. They're a teddy mm -hmm. bear. You, you know what I mean? So it's just, some people are just a little bit different with personalities and it's just, mm -hmm. I think in, in business, in today's life, me not going to college, really going for a couple of classes and being more street smart. I'm, I'm privileged. I, I learned that way, but mm -hmm. I'm also humble because I've learned different ways Good and bad, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, yeah. So if you were going to break into jet ownership, is there a jet that you would target first? Or, I mean, obviously, you probably own a few or your company does or what have you as as this company. But, like, if you were an average Joe who was going to buy his first jet, is there one jet that comes to mind as like an entry level? Like, yeah, this would be a good starting point or how so, would you approach it? It's going to come down to budget, obviously, but you know, a good plane, if you don't want to spend a lot as a King air, it's a prop plane, but you can go to a lot of different places. And the nice thing is you don't have to de-ice. So it's a King air, like a King air 200, a King air 300. Another good aircraft is like a Hawker, like a Hawker 800 XP. Because if you want to take six, seven passengers and you want to fly, like I said, from Phoenix to Texas, or if you want to fly, you're going to need a bigger one. Um, you know, there's Gulf Streams, there's, there's Bombier, Legacies, there's so many different aircraft yeah. out there. Uh -huh. um, it all depends on what you want to do. But, and that's why what we do is we give you options. No different than you want to buy, you figure out a car, you look at five car, car lots, you look mm -hmm. at five cars, you looked at 25 dang cars, you're confused. You don't know what you want, right? <laughs> right. So what we do is we, we we ask those questions. What do you, what do you want to use it for? How many mm -hmm. hours, this, that. And then we give you some suggestions because some people just, it's like Mercedes. You want to have a Mercedes or you want to have a Beamer. S same thing with aircraft. You want to have a Gulfstream or do you want to hawk Hawker? You, you know, there's so many different aircraft out there, just like sure. car manufacturers. Sure. So we, we give you options and mm -hmm. let you, you know, do your research. And, but we also have the, the professionals that do that for you, but a Hawker, like if you want, you want to do an entry level Hawker is a good plane mm -hmm. XP um, six, seven passenger, obviously any golf stream, but you're talking more money, mm -hmm. you know, legacies are great planes, um, Boeing business jets, but I mean, it all depends on, you know, I get, I got a client right now that they're looking at buying an aircraft and it's about $20 million. Yeah. They go up all the way up to 70, $80 million. So it right, all right. depends on what you want, you know? Sure. So Sure. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It is. Fascinating. Yeah. It, it seems like, uh, everywhere you see, you know, in the, in the real entrepreneur and fake entrepreneur space, you see all these people posing in front of jets and all this stuff. And it's kind of just like a hot, sort of a hot trendy thing today. You know, it's um, funny you say that. If I can say, you know, Phil, when I first got into this business, I would have people, how do I say this, social influencers, whatever you want to call different people have different categories. I would have people reach out to me and want to take pictures on planes or buy planes for their social media for that exact reason. Yeah. And they don't even fly private. Yeah. And there's people to this day that I know for a fact that don't fly private, mm -hmm. that post pictures. Same thing with cars. Mm -hmm. um, when you're around, it, people want to live a glamorous life and they're not really living that. I know people that they fly private, but 
they're not paying for their private flights. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> we can get more in depth if we want, but like I said, sure. it's a, it's very unique. You know, it's all about, and then you got me who owns a business that I don't even post pictures of myself on social media. I'm very private that way. So how do you fly private and no, and not pay for your private flights? So I offset by char chartering it out by offsetting. Oh, right, right, right. But okay. but I don't I don't fly private all the time. Um, but I do here and there, but I offset the cost by chartering it out. But I'm saying I'm I'm not a very I don't I'm not a public figure right. status okay. wise right, where right, right, I go right. out and advertise. Sure. People know me, they know me, but when I go out, I don't have a conversation unless I'm having a business conversation or I'm just, I just tell people I'm in business development because once you tell people what you do in my line of work, then they're like, okay, you can connect me to this person or, you know, this person in today's world, I want somebody to like me for me, no matter male, female friends. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm a very generous person from my mom, how she raised me. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, um, we've all been burnt with love, respect, money, whatever it may be, but God gave me a windshield and a rear view mirror. And I mm -hmm. always keep going forward. And the rear view mirror is the people in the back and toxic. And it's like, why hold the grudge? Because you're just going to be fueled up and fired up and just keep going because you're going to get burnt or you're going to, something's going to happen. You just got to keep, keep going forward and surround yourself. So I love that. You know, as you think about looking in the rear view, I think about the, the word shame comes to mind. And like, yeah. I feel like those people that keep bringing up past experiences, they kind of use shame as this weapon of control, or I, I don't even know what it is, but you know, just recently in the last several years, I've overcome some of that in, in my life, just being able to, to say like, my, my conscience is clear. You know, when you, when you're talking about what's your character, what, you know, what you think yep. of yourself, what, yep. who you are on the inside, like, and, and I think Ed Milet talks about this, you know, really, yep. really having good intention. Like, I know I have good intention. I know I mess up. I'm not perfect. And, and yep. along the way, but, but my intentions are good. And, and when you have a clean conscience like that, I think it's a lot easier to stand up to that, that shame weapon, whenever it's thrown at you. Am I wrong? Yep. No, you're, you're exactly right. And I also think it's for men, I think speaking on men, it's when we're a little bit older too, or we go through some type of adversity, big issue problem or things like that. Right. It's, it's growing up and being a man. It took me many years. I was an invincible hothead. I'm not going <laughs> to lie that, but now it's like, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. However, I see as, as you know, I do know some certain people and names that you've said that I have relationships and friendships with, but I treat everybody the same because mm -hmm. I don't know who knows who or what or you know what I mean? And so it's just, that's how my mom raised me and with the, with God and spirit and praying. So, um, but you're right. You're right. Um, I don't bring up the, I only bring up the past because it makes me who I am today. Sure. But a lot of people dwell on the past mm -hmm. and that's why God asked for forgiveness. As long as you ask for forgiveness, he's going to forgive you. He's not going to bring it up again. You're mm -hmm. going to, or somebody that's trying to get at you is going to bring it up. Right. You just keep going. That's why there's forgiveness. But Amen, anyway. Brother. Yeah. So you're six, six. Yeah. Yeah. You're six, a big six, boy, six. man. What, what'd you do up in Wisconsin? Were you a basketball player? What'd you do in your early years? This is a funny story. Um, I was five foot 10 when I graduated high school. Oh, um, no kidding. Yeah. So I grew after high school. So I'm six, six. Yeah. I know by zooms and stuff, I always look small. 
but and then when people meet me they're like holy crap i didn't know you're that tall i met all <laughs> these people in in zoom during covid and, and it was the same thing i show up to this event yeah. and they're like dude like we thought you were short and i'm yeah, like how tall are you bill i'm six three i'm not i'm not quite six six but uh, you know yeah. i'm not short by but, any means but it's you're you're probably a little above what most most guys are what five eleven six one give or take yeah i feel yeah. i feel tall but I'm around six ten guys, and it's like okay, I'm looking up to them. But right. then I can, you know, it's it's just I try not to. I can hang out with everybody. And my mom's five foot two, you know. So right. it, it, I I get it, you know. It's like I always tell people, God, you're tall, you know. You always walk in, and six six is kind of tall, but it's like there's taller, right. but it's like, hey, you know what? I'm blessed. I can see good at parades, even though right. nobody really goes to parades much anymore. But <laughs> right, yeah, it's funny, you know. I don't know if you have this experience ever. Scott, but oftentimes I'll see myself in a photo and I'll just be like, dang, I'm that much bigger than those people. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like it's not that I'm like that big, but you, you know, I, I don't like when I'm going around in the world, I don't like feel like I'm like so much bigger yeah. than people, but then I'll see a photo and I'm like, dang, like, I, I look like way bigger than those people. I'm the, I'm the same way. It's like, wow. But, but to me, I, I still, and even when in today's conversations, people will come up next to me and we'll just start talking like you're yeah. tall. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I don't know because I've never really been. Yeah. It's all, you know, short. right. You know, I don't, I don't know, but then, you know, you know, you got guys that are seven, one, six, ten, right. six, eight, six, nine, and I'm pretty almost right there. Maybe mm -hmm. they got more hair than me. So mm -hmm. maybe they're, you know, but right. I'm the same way. It's just like, I don't realize because Yes, I think it it's a stigma that when you see it, but when you're around it, it just mm -hmm. doesn't phase you because you're you're like me. It's not important. Yeah, it's interesting okay. too. Uh, you mentioned being around bigger guys. There's been a couple times in my life. One I remember in in high school, we had a guy who was like six five, six six, three hundred pounds. He played wow. he played college and and for pro football, sure, um, for a, a number of years. But um, he was he was like the first guy I met that could literally just break me if he wanted to like could just throw me around like a rag doll. And, you know, yeah. for a bigger guy, that was like, not what I was used to. And, you know, we sure. were playing football and, and um, it's always kind of an interesting, humbling experience, right? When you meet somebody so much bigger than you, when you're a, even, especially when you're a bigger guy, you know, it yeah. makes you kind of go, wow. Like yeah. you guys well, powerful, man. And, it, and it's amazing. If you watch sports now, these kids, when you're playing college ball, if you watch turn on a Saturday <laughs> football game and yeah. you're like, some of them are 18, 19 years old. They're yeah. 6'6", 320. And I'm just like, you know, I grew up in the eight, 80s and I graduated high school in 89. So I'm 52 years old. So I, you know, I'm not afraid to say my age, but it's just, it's very different. I don't know what the heck they eat or do or yeah. what, but they also, back then when I was playing and I wasn't this great athlete, but they didn't have nutritionists and this and sports places to work out and mm -hmm. ice baths and you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it was a little more a raw. Take, yeah. It's a lot of take it, take care of your body and mindset too. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all probably had just the flat converse all-stars or something, oh, you know, none of the fancy shoes. Oh yeah. Jordan was probably just coming out. Jordan's were yep. just coming out back then. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I I was watching the national championship earlier uh, yeah. this week, and uh, Monday night. Yeah, the I was watching the. I think he's the right tackle, defensive tackle for Michigan. He's like three hundred forty pounds. He's six something, and yeah. 
he sacked somebody, but I mean, just watching a guy that big move that fast is just fast. like, geez, the athleticism is just wild. And you're right. They're, you know, they're just young men. Right? Yeah. And, and you're like, wild. okay, how old am I now? Could I move that fast? Yeah. Well, I'm not. But if I knew what I knew now back then, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Look at, look at, if you will ever watch 30 for 30 on Reggie White, Uh huh. how he used his, the hump move is it's all leverage and psych, right. you know, it's it's amazing when you get older and you develop different skill sets and things. What you learn, but yeah, these they're they're still kids. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> they're it's young, fascinating. young men. I should say, excuse me. For sure. You know, it's funny. I uh, growing up, I was I moved around a lot, so I was never like one team fan. Okay. Like I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in Michigan. Um, I, funny enough, I used to be a huge Brett Favre fan. I was kind of always kind of like an individual athlete fan. And I always love Brett Favre. And of course he had his scandals and stuff that he went through, but man, I love Brett Favre. What was it like watching Brett Favre play back well, in the, back in the day? I, back in the day, I, I got, we, I've partied with Favre. Have you? Yeah. So going up, growing up in Wisconsin, him and Frank Winters and Mark Chimera, they would all hang out at the bars that I would go to actually a, a, a funny story back in 96, 97 as a spring break. Panama City. And um, I went up and I walked and it was Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. And I went up to him. He was with Daniela. I think that's his wife's name. They were, she was in college spring break. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, I'm from Wisconsin. And since then I was, I had Olympia can. And he's like, how do I know? And I met him. Um, one of my buddies ended up giving him a ride home once after one of the bars and he threw up in his car. Oh, There's God. so many stories I could tell you about some of these Packer players. But <laughs> like I said, that was early on when before he, you know, with the pain addiction and pills and stuff like that. And then he he sobered up and he was, you know, wasn't a partier and stuff like that. But sure. Um, being in a small community of a size 75,000 population town, you know, you, you, you know, when they're out and things like that. And yeah certain people but yeah it's I, i'm a far i'm a far fan even before even saying i knew him or yeah. party with him very cool that's that's yeah. crazy you know i never thought about the size of that city and how it must you know how different it must be you know being a professional in in uh, a smaller you know kind of a smaller metroplex like that yeah green bay green bay in the fox valley is probably probably six seven hundred thousand people give or take green bay is probably about 125,000 people give or take but one thing that you go there versus a big market it's very different because you are the life of the life packers right, you know packers. Right. but you would see them you'll go to the you see aj hawk or earl dotson you just see them yeah. at the grocery stores and stuff like that and it's just it's, wow and i think that's part of the humbleness and part of the green bay culture you know right versus the big city I mean, I, I don't know a lot of actors or actresses or certain people. I'll go and someone would be like, you know who that is? I'm like, no. But then again, I don't, sometimes I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, it was a humbling experience growing up. And still to this day, I still, I work with one of the Packers running backs with his sports agent to this day. So it's just always been treating me well. So what's the best, what's the coolest place you visited in your years? What the city, you city know, wise, state wise, country wise? Um, it's, it's funny. So I've have not traveled international that much as of this year's work. My goal is to travel to Dubai, the UK, Turks and Caicos. Um, last year, 
um, Mexican Riviera was very nice. And then I, I took my mom. I actually, we went on a cruise. It was Alaskan cruise. Being from Wisconsin, you wouldn't think I would like to go to Alaska because I moved out to Arizona to be warm. Mm -hmm. But that was to see some of the wildlife and glaciers and things like that. But um, Dubai is on my list. Belize. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of places I want to go. Mm -hmm. It's just now I'm blessed to be in the position where I can step back and just take the time to enjoy life to go. Um, but I would say the Mexican Riviera, but okay. um, there's, I can't speak for experience because I know there's so many places, um, but I'm sure. going to go to the Caribbean this year. I always wanted to go to the Caribbean. I want to go to London. I want to go to Dubai. Just um, live life. Um, yeah. That's amazing. You know, it's crazy to think, what were you doing before prison? Remind me again. I was um I was chartering private jets for about six months. Okay. To a year. Like as an employee, that, what does that what does that mean? Chartering private jets? Like what, what was so your role? I was a jet bro. I was a jet broker. A broker. Okay. But they that company only focused on one thing, and you learn good and bad. And before that, I was in mortgage and real estate right. for probably twenty four years of some. Capacity. And that's where and that's where you said you started meeting some of the higher net worth folks in mortgage and real think, estate too. Yeah, real real estate all my life. And this is kind of where it goes back to what I didn't know is when I went to prison, when I came out, what I didn't know, all these relationships all my life, God right. was building them to form this business. Yeah. Since 2018, it just was on steroids that I have excelled right. with my business. But I still reached out to old football players like Earl Dotson. He played mm -hmm. for the Green Bay Packers, um, left tackle, left left guard. He lives in, he, I think he lives in down in Houston. He's all actually right. a personal friend of mine. We're, um, I still talk to certain people that I still have relationships with. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, it's just, I just say it's your, a lot of it's your upbringing yeah. and it goes, and I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll say this too. How many families sit down and have dinners together anymore? Right. Even though it was my mom and I, mm -hmm. we, we had dinners. We might sit in the ta living room and have dinner together, but yeah. you just don't have that. It's fast food or you're moving this and this and that. So right. I cherish those times just because today's society is a lot different. Um, yeah. And I say, if you have a family Go because we all, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm 52 years old and I got my 35 year class reunion already. I'm like, what? And so it's, it's, it's yeah. funny to say that because right. I have clients that are, I, they weren't even born, you know? Yeah. And so right. it's, you got to be diverse in life. You got to know how to talk to different people and the, no matter if they're the Burger King worker or a doctor, because you don't know mm -hmm. if that Burger King walk, they might do a scratch off and win $2 million. You, you just right. don't know. Right. I listen to a guy, you may know him, Brad Lee, he's in Vegas, uh, has his own podcast, but he he has a line that I love. He says, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. Yep. And, yep, uh, true. you know, it's, it's just, just introduce yourself to anybody. You know, I, it blows me away how often we just walk by people day after day, even people we work with at our jobs. If you, if you, if you're an employee that, you know, they might sit on your floor, four cubicles down, you don't even know their name. You never yeah. even like introduced yourself. It's it's such a weird sort of wild thing that people are, I don't know. Why, why do you think people are so afraid to talk to people these days, Scott? Well, I, I think this, the smartphones, <laughs> um, yeah. too many people like it's technology. I think it's technology. Um, You got to understand in 93, I had a pager and a brick phone. Okay. <laughs> nice. And so back then we didn't have caller IDs. So you would give your phone number out and then they would page you and then you would call them. <laughs> you know? And so I think like I, 
you have to multitask. If you're business, friends, family, I get it. But sometimes I feel having a conversation like we are now or picking up the phone and communicating, that's what I do with a lot of my contacts, clients, brands, partnerships. It's because a lot of miscommunication can be via text yeah. or email if you don't know somebody's personality. Speaking right. for a guy that's got ADHD, <laughs> you know, not everybody knows my personality. You sure. may say something just simple. Hey, how are you? You know, simple. And they might take it the wrong way. So mm -hmm. um, I think more people need to interact with people these days, you know, along yeah. with having faith. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably 95 plus percent of the quote unquote problems or frustrations that I see people have with other people are 100% happening via communication that comes from text yep. or email or some form of social media, electronic communication. I very rarely see that type of frustration from verbal type of communication. It's, it's wild. And I, you know, it blows me away because I've seen it in my own personal life where I'm like, I'll, sure. I'll catch myself getting frustrated about something or, or angry. And I'm like, man, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have even had this phone in my hand and I wouldn't have even been having this conversation and like this wouldn't have even happened. So why, yeah. like, why am I letting this get to me yeah. or, or, and, or and, frustrate me? And you know what? Don't be afraid to say, hey, do you mind if I call you or do you have time to speak for five minutes? If, right. if people can't speak, you got to respect people's privacy. Sure. But sometimes I always say sales are missed by a few words, not yep. a few dollars. Right. Yeah, and, I, I love that. That's a great and, quote. And you have... You know, you have a foundation for anything. You have trust, respect, honesty, and communication. And, I, and that's what I live by. Yeah, I, I, I encourage so many people. I When I hear folks having troubles, you know, wait, they're waiting on somebody for something or someone's not responding to them. I, my first question is always, did you call them? And no. it, it, you probably wouldn't be surprised at how many times it's, no, I haven't called them. It's like, well, call them. <laughs> people are people are afraid, and I yeah. look at it this way: I get calls a lot, owning a company, right? But you have voicemail for a reason. Um, yeah. Not to say that that's uh, you put everyone to voicemail, but you know, I'm a perfectionist, so sometimes I get calls that I'm not ready to take because I'm in the middle of five things, but I, I'll have to because it's an emergency or a business. Sure. But like you said, people have phone. It, we came into the society now that everyone feels entitled. Right. Okay. Look at if you you talk about your cell phone. Look if you we get done, you're gonna watch a ball game or watch TV tonight. You're like, what did we do when we had the dirt turn the channel? Yeah. You know. I I saw a commercial come on TV the other day. I never watch TV anymore ever. I watched we had, I had to subscribe to a a streaming platform just to watch the national championship because I'm like so try try it for seven days and then cancel. <laughs> exactly. That's honestly that's what we do because I never like I'm not I'm not a sure. TV watcher. I'm working on other sure. stuff. But um, yep. a commercial came on and I'm like, dude, I can't even remember the last time I watched a commercial. Like, what is this? Yep. You know, it's like you bring up gaming. I don't play video games. I was never a gamer, but up in my closet in the box, I have Atari 2600, the original oh, nice. with, with the games and stuff like that. I'm, I'm that's gotta be eclectic. worth some money today, Scott. Yeah. Who knows? It's more of the principle. Like, yeah. like over my office, I have the bag phone, the brick phone, the flip phone, my very nice. first flip phones. I'm kind of one of those, like I have a tag board with big board with all like, you know, 
larynets and vip tickets and stuff nice. like that of yeah memorabilia you know, yeah like, like i'm just it. looking at this business card james franklin you know who that is james franklin i should name's well, familiar you, you should but you won't or you will so he was the packers wide receivers coach for one year now he's the penn state head coach oh okay but i got his packers card because i had a drink with him <laughs> when he was with the packers and nice. so his card's sitting up there it's just That's like cool. And now look at it, he's leading the Penn State for how many years, you know? Yeah, it's wow. Just, you just never know, you know? It's right. Life is, and that's why I love sharing my story. Mm-hmm. There's people that are more successful than me, but if anyone ever reaches out and wants to talk or, um, I'm here to help. God's blessed me to be a unicorn to monetize relationships. Um, yeah. It's not about money because when you love what you do, the money will come, right? Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to work with you on that, what's my commission? I don't want to work with you because you got the wrong mindset. Right. You know, and well, Scott, a lot I, of people. Up there. I didn't mean to cut you off there. What were oh, you going to say? Oh, no, I was done. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. I, you know, it's been fascinating speaking with you and the advice you're giving is just, you know, if, if y'all aren't taking notes or, uh, or, uh, paying close attention, you pause this episode, rewind it, go back and, uh, take some notes. Cause there's some real gems of wisdom throughout this episode. And if you're not following Scott, go follow Advent Jets, A-D-V-E-N-T, Jets.com. And you can find Advent Jets on all the socials. But um, I always, when I started this podcast, Scott, yeah, one of the the mindset frameworks, actually, I heard it from Gary Vee. I mentioned him earlier okay. in the episode. Um, he was just talking about how crazy it is that, you know, you might have one picture of your great grandpa or something like that, but you know, our next generation's going to have tens of thousands of pictures and videos and all sorts of stuff. And so the idea of a podcast for me was like, man, it'd be so cool if I could see my great, great, great grandpa having conversations with cool people from a hundred years ago. So who knows who's going to see these down the road and in future generations. And so the question I like to ask my guests is the final question that we'll come down to tonight. Okay. And then uh, I'll have to have you back on because this has been too much fun. We gotta we gotta do this again. But always, um, I love talking good people. Yeah, hundred percent. Me too. Um, so, with that in mind, thinking yep. that future generations for you know who knows how many millennia might see this, what would you want to leave those future generations with today? Man, you had to put me on the spot, huh? <laughs> it's a tough. It's a tough question. It's a tough question for an AD ADHD or. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, like I gotta pick one thing. You know, you know, look in the mirror and be true to yourself. Mm. Um, Believe it or not, we need more faith in the world, not Mm. go political or anything like that. I don't care what religion or political field you are. We just, God brings people together for reasons. We just Mm. have to figure it out, right? We don't know what, what reason God brought us together. It's to talk. But yeah. there might be a relationship or a friendship or a restaurant in Houston, not Houston, or Texas, wherever you are. I don't want to give away your students. Uh, they know I'm in Houston, H-Town. What's up? H-Town. But like, that's just how being rewarding. So I would just say to love yourself and to treat yourself and know no matter what you are going through, there's somebody out there that's been through what you have. So don't be afraid to go out and ask somebody for help. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody because- too many people, especially in today's world, are afraid to say something because, you know, people are afraid to get shut down or social media and this and right. that. But right. trust me, there's people out there that 
our veterans, um, women, men, everything, you know, transgender, whatever you are, there's, there's people going through whatever you're going through. Just don't be afraid to reach out. Um, if I can be a resource to reach out to, I might not know the right person or the people, mm -hmm. but I'll try to help you the best I can. It's not a financial reward. It's, it's about giving back. And that's why God's blessed me. It's that's why I'm here. Um, so, so to answer that question is to love yourself, to believe in yourself and have integrity. And I'll, I'll close with this respect yourself. I love it, Scott. The king of VIP experiences, Scott Buss. Thanks for coming on the show. If you're not following Scott, go follow him, adventjets.com, adventjets on all socials, and share the show. And as you go, lead everything.